everybody who's glad to be at church today. Anybody? Come on. Can we just give God praise today? Thank him. Thank you for being in the house today. Let's thank God. Man, what's such a good time to be in God's house. And it is a good time for me because I've been uh, off the platform for two weeks and I can't tell you how much I miss you when I'm not here. And uh, we, we just love you so much. Have I told you lately that I love you? And I, I'm so thankful that I just get to be your pastor. So thank you, thank you, thank you. And a big hello to everybody who's online as well. Uh, we know that there's people watching uh, live, but also later on in the week and uh, wherever you're watching from. Uh, we, we just want to say thank you for being part of our church family. You're not a number to us. You're not a viewer. You are part of our church family. And uh, there's a room full of people who would love to say welcome this morning. So come on, Cedar Elm Campus. Can we just welcome everybody who's on the other side? We're glad you're with us today. Yep, and we're going to jump in uh, to the message in just a moment. We're part four of a series called The Book of James, but uh, first, I want to just kind of tell you where we're headed. You've, you've heard a little bit about it already, but two weeks from today, we are kicking off our At The Movies series. Come on, somebody. This is one of our favorite times of the year. Such a powerful series, and really, it is a series that gets people in the door, that helps, that helps uh, draw people to Jesus, all right? And so if you call City Hope home, if, uh, if this is your home church and if I'm your pastor, then I want to ask you to do me a favor, and that is to get people in church for this series, because it is one of those series that has the power. There's just something about the, the way we present the movies and the gospel that they, they receive it. They're able to receive it. And so, um, so it's, a, it's a little bit different than what a, a normal series that we would do, but I'm telling you, it is life-changing. And so I want to ask you to be a bringer, okay? In fact, in every seat when you walked in, we, put, we have a six-pack for you, okay? It's a six-pack of cards. But still, nonetheless, a six-pack of cards, and these are invite cards, all right? And so there's six of them. And so what I'd love for you to do is sometime between now and next Sunday is to to give one of these cards, get, get, give a card a day, give six cards a day, it doesn't matter. If you're Tim Maldonado, you can give a thousand cards, it doesn't matter. If you don't know who Tim is, he is an inviter. Come on, somebody, he's just an inviter. And so I would love for you to take that with you today and be praying about who you're gonna bring. I have a list of people who, uh, they, they, they don't come to church, they may be far from God, and so I'm gonna be inviting them. I invite them every, every time we're doing a series like this. And so uh, let's just be praying for them and ask the Lord to give us wisdom. And you, listen, you don't have to be weird. You don't have to be awkward when you invite people. It, it doesn't have to be obnoxious or anything like that. It can just be relational. So maybe you're at work and, and somebody's just talking about, man, my marriage is this or my son is this. And my, or you know, maybe, uh, maybe I'm just mad about whatever. And you can tell they, just, they don't have peace in their life. That's a great opportunity for you to say, man, I wish you had the peace that I have. And they go, well, what, what, what kind of peace do you have? Well, uh, if it's okay, I'd love to share my faith with you. And, and I, I, won't, I won't be weird about it, but I'll just tell you what God's done in my life. And hey, would you mind coming to At The Movies with me? I'll save a seat for you at that service, right? So it's just as simple as that. And God will use you in a powerful way, I promise you that. And so I'd uh, love for you to uh, be a bringer for that series. But also, in conjunction with At The Movies... For the month of November, we are launching a 4.30 p.m. service on, on uh, Sunday evening for the month of November. And, uh, and this is for those of you who, man, you, you would, you'd love to be hunting, right? And it's just like, but you also want to go to church, and you kind of have to make up your mind, which is, which is which, what are you going to do, right? 
you know? And, uh, and, and so this is a great opportunity. Maybe for those of you who work, I know there's a lot of people watching online, you work on Sunday morning, but you could come to a Sunday evening service. And the reason we're doing this is to spread people out because at the, at the movie series, we have some of our largest numbers of the year. And so we just want to make room for every person who wants to come to the house of the Lord. Amen? So, so maybe even some of you in this service would want to go to that 4.30 service or go to an earlier or later service. But this is an incredible time for us to, to, to see how it goes. And if it goes well, we might look to bring that back in the beginning of the year, all right? So uh, yeah, yeah, all right. Because God's moving, God's working, and God is growing his kingdom through City Hope Church. And so we're, I'm just glad to be a part of it, aren't you? Just honored to be a part of it. So we're jumping into week four of the series that we're calling Book of James. And uh, we, we've talked about so many, we've, we've really covered a lot of ground. And we could talk about the Book of James for weeks and weeks and weeks. But we're, um, today we're in part four, but we've talked about trials and temptations. We've talked about... Um, Comparison. Pastor Drew from Salisbury, Maryland came and talked to us about comparison. Pastor Caleb last week talked about the Word of God. And I heard so many people, so many compliments on Pastor Caleb. Come on, didn't he do an incredible job last Sunday? So good. Really powerful. And, uh, and so I'm, I'm kind of afraid for my job, to be honest with you. No, I'm, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. We, I love Pastor Caleb. He's an incredible young man. And so, um, but he did tell you, come back next week. Pastor Ben will make you laugh. And I don't know if that's true today. Okay. Cause you probably, you might need your steel toed shoes for this service. I'm just going to be honest with you. I'm going, I'm going, you know, you, I'm going for the jugular today. I'm going straight for the, for, I'm going for the heart. Okay. We're talking about, we're talking about taming the tongue. Mm. You can say, Amen or oh me, either one is applicable right there. Like, oh man, talking about the tongue. How, can, how do we tame this thing? How do we tame the tongue? Well, we're going to spend most of our time in, in chapter 3, James chapter 3. And we know that when James wrote, when, when the Bible was written, it didn't have chapters and verses. You guys know that, right? If you didn't know that, it's, it was written as letters or books or, chron or chronicles, if you will. And so later on, several hundred years ago, we developed chapters and verses to help us find things in the Bible a little bit faster. So when James wrote this, he didn't write chapters and verses. He just wrote a letter to the church that was scattered abroad, okay? And so in chapter 1, he makes a, a bold, um, a, a very important statement in chapter 1 about the words of our mouths. And I want to show it to you. And then we're going to spend most of our time in chapter 3, all right? So chapter 1, he says, if you claim to be religious, yeah, I go to City Hope Church. Oh, yeah. What's that pastor's name down there? What's, uh, what's his name? I can't remember his name right now. But, you know, I go to church down there. Y'all ever met somebody like that? You're like, yeah, I go, I go, I go to church. <laughs> He says, if you claim to be religious, you claim, man, I'm a Christian. Man, I love Jesus. But you don't control your tongue. You are, you are you're fooling yourself. You're fooling yourself and, and your religion is worthless. Whoa. James, he's not pulling any punches. If, if you claim to be religious, but you don't control your tongue. And so I'm just starting right there, stomping everywhere, all right? Because I think this, this applies to all of us. Now, let me, let me just say something about this. I think God takes the words of our mouths way more seriously than we do. I think he cares a whole lot more about what we say than we do. In fact, we like to categorize sins. You know what I'm talking about? 
You got murder, that's bad. Adultery, that's bad. Jealousy, that's not too bad. Lying, I mean, look, little white lie never hurt nobody. Um, flattery, gossip, I mean, it's not too bad. It's not that big of a deal. But, but check, check this out. Proverbs says this. It says there are six things that the Lord hates. Three of the things that the Lord hates are words that come out of your mouth. Whoa. So God actually hates what we think isn't so bad. That's pretty incredible to think about today. And so uh, what I want us to do is we're going to take a look at, at, at James chapter 3. We're going to dive into these verses and I'm going to show you, I'm going to show you three things that kind of reveal the power of the tongue. And, and then I'm going to show you what do we do about this, okay? So if you're taking notes, go ahead and get your paper out. If, if you're taking notes, there's, a, there's a, a little paper, a little sheet in your worship guide. You can get ready to take notes. If you're not taking notes, take notes, okay? So if you're taking notes, write this down. If you're not taking notes, write this down, okay? Number one, here's, here's, here's what we've got to say. This is the first thing that the power of our tongue reveals is that my words will direct my life. So God hates some of the things that we don't think so bad. And we, we need to come to terms with this, that, that we need to know that our words direct our lives. And let me say it this way. I've got a lot of one-liners in here. I didn't do it on purpose, but just as I was preparing, it's how it came out, okay? And... and um, and let me be clear and help you understand that you are the words that have been spoken over you. You are the sum total of the people you hang out with and the words that people speak over you. Let me say it a different way. You become what the most influential people in your life say you will become. I know that, that may be hard to believe, but I, I promise you, if you look deep in your life right now, you will see things that people said about you and how it's still playing true in your life today. And I'm talking about, I'm talking there's positive things and negative things. In fact, the words that you say and the words that you receive set the course for your life. All right, let me show it to you in James chapter 3. It says that we can control very large horses by putting a small bit in its mouth. You ever thought about that? Like, you, by controlling their mouth, we can turn the whole animal whichever direction we want it to go with something so small. Or he, he says this, take ships as an example. Think about a boat, right? You've got that small propeller. It's so small in proportion to the size of the boat. Take a ship as an example. A tiny rudder makes a huge ship turn wherever the pilot wants it to go, even though the winds are strong. Think about that for a moment. Think about how words spoken over you have impacted you. Think about how negative words over you have impacted you. I, I know for myself that I, I'm 40 years old now, and I'm, I'm, I'm discovering how negative words spoken over me when I was a child are still impacting me today. I thought sticks and stones may break my bones, but words would never hurt me. But what I'm learning is that I, I'm actually living some of my life based on things that people said about me. And you are too. You are too. So, so 
So negative words steered my life for decades, and I'm just now getting over some of those things. I'm just now realizing some of it. But on the other hand, positive words made me into the man that I am today. There, there have been people who've spoken words of prophecy, words of power, words of positivity over my life, and it's made me who I am today. I think about one lady in particular in my life growing up in East Tennessee. I grew up in, in a little town called Sweetwater, and I went to church in Decatur. Well, actually, it's called Ten Mile. I don't know why they call it Ten Mile, but it's called Ten Mile. And so we, I went to church there, and, and, uh, and my pastor's wife, her name was Connie, and back in, in those church days, you referred to men in the church as brothers and women as what? Yes. Okay, you passed the test. Men are brothers. Women are sisters, right? And so that's the way we referred to each other in the church. And so my pastor's wife, her name was Connie, but we all called her Sister Connie, right? And so Sister Connie, she led worship, and she would be the youth leader if, we needed, if, if, if needed to be, or she would uh, sometimes fill in in Sunday school, and she would do so many different things throughout the church because that's what pastor's wives do. They just do so many things. Can we give it up for, the, for, for Annalise, pastor's wife in the room today? Love you. So, but Sister Connie, she would speak words of hope into us. She would speak words of life. She would prophesy over us, and she would encourage, and she would lift us up, and she would speak words of hope, and she would tell us who we are, and she would say, I'm so proud of you, and God has great things in store for you, and God has a plan for your life, and that made me into who I am today. In fact, this week, thinking about this message, I recorded a video to send to all of our kids' workers, and I told them, I said, hey, listen, I want you to run the play. And I told him about Sister Connie and how much she meant to me today. She's gone on to be with the Lord, but she's, she has a mark on my life. And I told him, I said, hey, run the play. You know, do the, do the kids' curriculum. Read the Bible verse. Go, go, go over the memory verse. Do the craft. Do all of that stuff that you're supposed to do. But please don't forget to look those kids in the eye and tell them that they are made fearfully and wonderfully by God. That you are proud of them. That they have a calling and a hope and a purpose. And that the best days are ahead of them and not behind them. And tell them that God has a plan for them. Come on, somebody. That we need somebody to look at us in the eyes and tell us that. And some of you today, I, I, I thought about this. Some of you today, you're, you're sitting here on Sunday and you're, you're still thinking, man, where's my purpose in church? Where's my purpose with God? And can I tell you, for some of you, you're supposed to be a Sister Connie. You're, you're supposed to be serving back in kids' ministry, looking those kids in the eyes and telling them, you have a calling on your life. God is for you. And if God is for you, who can be against you? You're supposed to be back there lifting those kids up and, 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 and showing them the way. Maybe you need to go to the growth track. Two weeks from today, we kick off step one. Go to the growth track. Become that Sister Connie in their life. Become that person in their life who speaks hope into them in Jesus' name. Amen? Yeah. Now, think about those words that have been spoken over you. Now, if, if the words of other people can direct your life, is it also true that your words can direct your life? Yeah. Your words, the words that come out of your mouth can direct your life. So, think about this. Proverbs 18 says that the tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. What does that mean? Okay, if you love life, if you speak life all the time, you're going to eat life. 
I just don't understand why everything's always going wrong in my life. I just don't understand why everything's always, it's always terrible in my life. It's probably because you're eating death. And you're going you're gonna to reap whatever you sow. You're going to eat of the fruit of whatever you speak. Are you serious, Pastor Ben? I'm dead serious. <laughs> I'm dead serious. Let me say it this way. We shape our words, but then our words shape us. I'm just so stupid. No, you're not. That's a word somebody spoke over you that you've carried with you for decades now that needs to get out of your vocabulary in Jesus' name because you're not that. Come on. That's kind of what I'm talking about. Words have the power. It will direct our lives. But number two, our words will destroy our lives. It can destroy our lives. Our words can destroy our lives. So it all starts, it all starts with the little red devil behind the pearly white gates. We're just trying to control our tongue. My words have the power to destroy my life. <laughs> my, my words have the power to destroy my life. We're talking about taming the tongue. So you don't need a weapon to destroy your life. You just need words. Just words. We have the power. Your words have the power to destroy family have the power to destroy your children. Your words have the power to destroy your marriage. Your words have the power to destroy your career. All right here in your words. Don't believe me? Watch this. James keeps talking here. He says, likewise, remember the, the, the he's talking about the horse, the bit in the horse's mouth, the rudder on the ship. He says, likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body. It's, it's very small in comparison, but it makes great boasts. It's small, but it's powerful. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. When I was a kid, I loved to play with fire. I'm a pyro, for real. Tried to burn stuff down. Was successful. No major structures, but it was, it was bad. I just love fire. Well, I was reading an article this week about some of the most destructive forest fires in California history. We, we hear about those all the time. But there was one several years ago that burned nearly half a million acres. Half a million acres. And, and they traced it back. They always uh, trace it back. They try to figure out where, how did it start. Sometimes it's lightning. Sometimes it's power lines. They traced this one back. To one man who was driving a stake into the ground with a hammer. And as he's driving the stake into the ground, as the metal is striking against the metal, a spark flies off of the stake, lands in a dry patch of grass, and ignites a forest fire that took over half a million acres. One spark. And you say, well, Pastor Man, it's not that big of a deal. It's just one word. I mean, I, it was just a joke. I was just kidding. I mean, they, they didn't just grow up. It was just one, one moment. It's not like I meant to do anything. Come on, I'm preaching. It's getting quiet. I know when I'm preaching because it gets quiet. Y'all are, are processing. It's just, one, it's just one thing, Pastor Ben. It doesn't really matter. Yes, it does matter. Your words have the power of life and death. Your words are powerful. James continues. He says, the tongue also is a fire, a world of evil among the many parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body. The tongue does. 
It sets the whole course of your life on fire, and it is itself set on fire by hell. Your words have power. And I know that we live in a culture, we live in a society where um, with, with social media, it's, you're invited in every area, in every phase, in every sphere of your life, you're invited to comment, to reply, to suggest, to leave your opinion, to tell people what you think. But the problem is it's toxic. It's toxic. It, well, Pastor Ben, I'm right. I'm, I'm right, Pastor Ben. I have the right to say whatever I want to say. You do. It's just not beneficial. I have the right to say whatever I want to say. It's, yeah, yes, you do. But if it's not bringing anybody else to Jesus, if it's not helping anyone, then maybe it's wrong. If it's, not, if it's not helping people come to know Jesus Christ, maybe, maybe it's not right. Listen, I, um, I know that we're in an election season. We're coming up on this midterm election. And before you know it, we'll have our presidential election coming up. And that is always the perfect opportunity for words to just get out of hand. It's the perfect opportunity for us to, to, just, to just let it get out of control. And can I just say today... It, Yes, you may be right. You may be right. But if it's not helping anyone, if it's not pointing people towards Jesus, then maybe it's wrong. We, sometimes we talk so much that it becomes sin. Did you know that talking can become a sin? Proverbs says it this way. It says that too much talk leads to sin. So what am I supposed to do? Keep your mouth shut. Be sensible. What am I supposed to do, Pastor Ben? They need to hear what I have to say. No, they don't. We don't want to hear what you have to say. Well, I'm going to give them a piece of my mind. You can't. You don't have any left. It's, <laughs> you've given it all away. Shut your mouth. That's, that's what the proverb says. Be quiet. Just, just keep it to yourself. Um. And can I, just, can I just say this, that um, I know it's an election year, midterms, coming up on a presidential election very soon. I just want to say it's okay to disagree with someone. It's, it's okay to not believe exactly what someone else believes, to, to think the way someone else thinks. It's, it's okay to have a different perspective than someone else and not be rude. It's, it's okay to, to vote differently and not be rude. Well, okay, he's talking about politics up in the house of the Lord now. No, here, here's what I'm saying. If you, it's okay for you to disagree. It's okay for you to have a different perspective. What's not okay is for you to go talk about your disagreement and your different perspective with everybody else other than the one person you disagree with. That's not okay. That's called gossip. That's divisive. I'm, man, I'm, I'm on fire today. I'm on fire. So, so I'm, I'm just trying to help you see. I, I teach our staff this. That's called sideways conversation. If you go to anyone else other than the person you have a problem with, that is wrong. Jesus gives us the, the, the ingredients. Go to the person you have the problem with. Talk to them about it. 
But it's sideways conversation. It takes us away from the vision when we start talking about it. Talk, talk amongst yourselves. Saturday Night Live for some of you who don't know. Just talk amongst yourselves. No, no, no. Don't talk amongst yourselves. Here, here's, what I'm, here's the way I teach it to our staff. Pass problems up, praises down. If I have a problem with somebody, I'm going to go to that person. If someone has a problem with me, God forbid they go talk to everybody else, come to me. If you have a problem with someone else, if you, if you have a disagreement, if you have a different perspective, share it with that person. Pass the praises down and the problems up. All right, third thing, third thing, I got to hurry here. Third thing we, we uh, learn is that my words disclose what's in my heart. So here's a different way to say it is my heart, my, my words reveal my heart. My words reveal my heart. My words reveal what's going on inside of me. Let, I'm going to give you another one-liner, okay? What's down in the well comes up in the pail. Whatever's in the well, it's coming up in the bucket. If there's bitterness in the, buck, in the well, bitterness is coming up in the bucket. Whatever's in your heart. So, so if we're putting people down, if we're criticizing others, if we're gossiping, if we're using harsh words, if, if we're, we're putting people down, we're cutting their legs out from under them, it might be because there's something in our hearts. When, when the problem is everyone else, maybe it's you. When the problem is everyone else, maybe it's you. Maybe there's something in, in, in your heart. James says it this way, that with the tongue we praise our Lord and our Father, and with it we curse human beings. How, how is this possible? That we praise our Father and we curse people that God has made. God loves the people that you're putting down. God created the people that you may be speaking negatively about. He says, out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water come from the same spring? So that a spring in the Bible is a representation of our hearts. All throughout scripture, when you see a spring, it's a representation of our hearts. Can this be? He says, my brothers and sisters, can a fig tree bear olives, a grapevine bear figs? Well, neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. If you're salty in your heart, you can't produce life-giving water. If you're bitter, it's not going to get better. Come on, that's, that's what's going to come out of your life. And so here's the real problem. The real problem is not my tongue, it's my heart. The real problem is, is it's not what's coming out of my mouth. That is hurtful, but can I tell you, that will never change until there's a heart change. In fact, James says it this way. He says, no human being can tame the tongue. Like, so the answer is not to change your vocabulary. The answer is to not ch just change what's coming out of your mouth. That's not going to help you. What you really need is you need a heart change. You need a heart change. So what do I do, Pastor Ben? I'm going to give you three, three thoughts on what, what, what do we do about this, okay? And it's, it's kind of an ABC. This is, these are the three thoughts. How, how do I, how, 
what do I do? Here we go. Number one, allow God to change my heart. I don't want to talk like that anymore. I don't want to put people down. I don't want to be bitter. Well, you've got to allow God to change your heart. Allow him to change your heart. This is where transformation happens. And for some of you here today, you have, you've prayed a prayer at some point in your life where you, where you asked Jesus to come into your heart. And you, 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 you said that prayer. But if you were honest with yourself, your life is no different now than, than it is before you said the prayer. Why not? It's because transformation hasn't taken place. And transformation is a process, everybody. Think about, think about a metamorphosis. Think about a caterpillar to a cocoon, a, a butterfly. What is that? It's a metamorphosis. But here's, here's the thing about that metamorphosis. From the, from the caterpillar to the butterfly, we can all see it taking place. And that's, that's the kind of transformation that needs to happen in our lives is we need to go on a process where God's working in us and he's changing us and he's transforming us into who he wants us to be. And guess what? Everybody will see it taking place. And so, so for some of you, though, there's no difference between where you were before you said the prayer and where you are now. And for some of you, that's decades. And I'm inviting you to go on a process to let God change your heart. Romans 12 says, I urge you. Paul is saying, I'm begging you. In view of God's mercy, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. Sounds like an oxymoron. How can you be living and sacrificed at the same time? Well, God's asking us to lay some things down. He's asking us to invite him into our hearts so that he can, he, we, we, we can be holy and pleasing to God which is our true and proper worship. So how, how do I get transformed? Well, you have to first, don't conform. There's some decisions you're gonna have to make. You're gonna have to say, you know what? I'm not going to those places anymore. I'm not gonna do those things. I'm making some decisions that my life's gonna look a little bit different, but it's not all about your works. You also have to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So here's the way I do it. Every, every time I pray, one of my favorite prayers to pray is the tabernacle prayer, and I'll teach you that later. But I love to pray, God, I, I give you my life today. I'm giving you my life. I'm, I'm offering my body as a living sacrifice. God, I'm giving you my mind today. Lord, my mind belongs to you. I'm asking today, Lord, that you would let the words in my mouth and meditations of my heart be pleasing to you. Lord, your word says that you'll keep me in perfect peace as my mind is stayed on you. Your word says that if I'll think on things that are true, noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable, excellent, and praiseworthy, that the God of peace will be with me. So, Lord, I give you my mind and I give you my eyes. Lord, I'm making a covenant with my eyes today that I'm not going to look lustfully at the things of this world. But, Lord, I give you my eyes, that I'll look at what you want me to look at. And I give you my ears, that, Lord, I'm listening for your voice. I want you to speak to me today. I'm, what am I doing? I'm, I'm letting him transform me, offering him my body, offering him my life, saying, God, would you produce the fruit of the spirit in me? Would you produce love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control? Every day. So, so you can do this. You can offer your body. God, change my heart. Change my heart. Here's another prayer. May the words in my mouth, meditations in my heart, please you. And I want you to notice that the words of your mouth and the meditations of your heart are always together. Whatever's in your heart comes out of your mouth. It's inseparable. Do a study on it. You'll see it. Your words and your heart are tied together. Here's another prayer you can pray. God, search me. Know me. Lord, show me what, what, what's in me. Test me. Know my anxious thoughts. Know where I'm failing you. 
show, if, show me, if there's, see if there's anything in me that's offensive. Is there anything in my life that you want to wipe clean, that you want to get out of my life? If there is, Lord, would you, would you do that and lead me in the right way? Lead me in the way everlasting. So I'm asking him to change me. And I want to ask you to go on this process of letting God transform you. Go on this process of letting God work in you. And listen, it's not going to happen overnight. But it will happen. Here's the thing. When your heart gets right, your words will get right. When your heart gets right, your words will get right. Your actions will get right. But prayer is not enough alone. And Don't, don't call me a heretic yet. But some of you have been praying for years over things and nothing's changed. So prayer, prayer is good. You need to pray. You need to believe God for it. But you also have to have some skin in the game. Okay? So you, you pray, but that by itself isn't enough. You also, number two, you, you have to be careful what you allow into your heart. You're letting God transform you, but that won't do you any good if you just... If you just you're a free-for-all. Any, anything and everything. No, you're going to have to filter. That's what I'm talking about here. Filter what comes into your life. Filter the things that you look at. Filter the places that you go. And honestly, this is kind of frustrating as a pastor sometimes. Because all of our lives are on social media. And, and I'll hear, oh, it's just things just aren't going so good right now. I got this going. And, and, and then I see what you're doing. I'm like, well, that makes a whole lot of sense. No wonder your life is the way it is. Mm-hmm. Gonna... <laughs> no wonder. So, so uh, let me say it this way. I know you love God. I know you want to serve God. I, I know that you want to do what's right. But if you keep doing the same thing, you're going to keep getting the same result. If you keep doing the same thing, you're going to keep getting the same result. If you're not going to be able to maintain the life God wants for you if you keep letting negative people in, negative relationships, negative movies, negative music. I'm, I'm not telling you what to watch, where to go. I'm just saying you've got, you've got to let the Holy Spirit speak to you about that. But it's not going to get better if you don't filter it. All right, it's not going to get better. So let me show it to you. Jesus says, for out of the overflow of your heart, the mouth speaks. Out of the overflow. So, so what, what are you putting in your life? Because that's the overflow. Out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. He says that the good man brings uh, good things out of the good stored up in him. So you, if, if you're not storing up good, you can't bring out good. Uh, and, and the evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in him. So well, let me ask you, what are you storing up in your life today? What, what are you investing in in your heart? What are you storing up? Proverbs, love this proverb. Above all else, guard your heart. Don't let everything in your heart. Because everything you do flows from your heart. One translation says it's the wellspring of life. It's the wellspring of life. All right. So I've, I've, I've got to allow God to change my heart, and I've got to be careful 
of what I allow in my heart. And then number three, I've got to choose to speak words of life. This is, this is a choice that I have to make, that I may not feel like speaking words of life. I, I may feel differently. I may feel like telling them what I think. I may feel like posting a, 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 a rage post, right? But again, we don't need to hear that. If it helps you, type it out and then delete it. You'll be like, man, I feel so much better. <laughs> Speak words of life. It's a choice. Choices lead. Feelings follow. I may not feel it. In, in the words of the great philosopher, theologian, and prophet, Toby Mack. <laughs> Yo, it's crazy, amazing. We can turn our hearts with the words we say. Mountains crumble with every syllable. Hope can live or die. Speak life, speak life, in the deadest, darkest night, speak life, when the sun won't shine and you don't know why. Look into the eyes of the brokenhearted, and when you want to cuss them out and tell them how bad they are, watch them come alive when you speak hope. Watch them come alive when you speak love. Watch them come alive when you speak life into them and you tell them how good God is and you tell them that I love you and I care about you. Watch them come alive. So I'm gonna give you five thoughts today, five, give you five words that you can speak. All right, here's the first one. Words of life that you can speak is a word, word of affection. Speak words of affection. Don't underestimate the words I. That's powerful. Don't underestimate I love you. Can I tell you, church, I love you. Annalise and I, we love you. We love you. We probably wouldn't live in Wichita Falls if it wasn't for you. You don't just keep us here. We want to be here. We're not just hanging around because we don't have anything better. We love you. We love you. You're our pride and our joy. You're what we wake up thinking about every day, every moment. We love you. And you need to hear that today. Someone in your life needs to hear the words, I love you. In fact, God, the only times in Scripture that we see God the Father talking to his son Jesus is when he was baptized and on the Mount of Transfiguration, and he said the same thing. You know what he said? He said, this is my son whom I love. And with him, I am well pleased. What does that mean in today's words? That means, come on, boy. You, you, you my boy, man. I'm so proud of you. Let's go, baby. Come on. That's what that means. That means, that means dude, you, you've got this. I'm proud of you. That's what that means. I love you. And we need to be speaking that into people's lives today. Words of affection, words of praise. Number two, words of praise. This is great job, man. Come on, can't nobody do what you do. You're incredible. You're a great leader. You're a great mom. You're a great dad. I, I remember still to this day, I get teary-eyed when I think about my friend Jared Mathern, who looked me in the eyes years ago and said, I'm so proud to be your friend. Oh, come on. That builds you up, man. That builds you up. Words of praise. Words, uh, a, a word aptly spoken is like apples of gold and settings of silver. Number three, words of encouragement. Word, word of encouragement to build people up. We're not tearing people down. Come on, we're building them up. We're speaking life over them. Hey, you can do this. You've got this. Man, I believe in you. Your, your best days are ahead of you. 
Come on, you hadn't seen anything yet. That, that, that's words of encouragement. Paul says, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. So when you speak life to someone, when you encourage someone, it doesn't just help the person that you're encouraging, it helps the people who heard it. Man, come on, it helps, it helps. all right, words of healing. Number, number four, words of healing. You speak words of healing. Proverbs says, the tongue that brings healing is a tree of life. And then number five is words of faith. Words of faith. So I'm, I'm talking about, you, you have to stop seeing, you have to stop talking about what you see and start talking about what could be. That's faith. Faith is the substance of things that we hope for and the evidence of things that we cannot see. So when I speak faith, I'm not speaking about things that I can see. I'm talking about things that could be. It could be. Paul says it this way. He says that, that Abraham's our father in the sight of God in whom he believed. He believed in God. He believed in the God who gives life to the dead and calls things that are not as though they were. That is speaking faith. So you can look into a marriage that is hopeless and you can say, this marriage will live and not die. This marriage will be reconciled. This marriage will be restored. We will love each other. We will come together again. We will not walk out on each other anymore. This marriage will last in Jesus' name. You can look at a child who is far from God and you can say, my child will know Jesus Christ. My child will come back to God because I have trained them up and your word says that when they are old, they will not depart from the word of God. And so Lord, we, we, we can look at families that may be disintegrating and we feel like it's just falling apart and we can say my family will last my family will survive my family will prosper in Jesus name we can look at we can speak faith we can speak faith over those things in Jesus name but see speaking faith is not just it's not just um, speaking faith into things you actually have to speak faith into your relationship with God in fact, you can't even have a relationship with God unless you speak faith. Let me show it to you in Romans chapter 10. It says, if you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. There it is again. Mouth, heart. It's connected. You'll be saved. But watch this. For it's with your heart that you believe. See, some of you, you believe here. But you need to move it to here. You're, you're 18 inches. The difference in your faith is 18 inches, head to heart. It's with your heart that you believe and you're justified, but it's with your mouth that you profess it, that you say, I am a child of God. I am bought with the blood of Jesus. You profess it and you are saved. See, your confession is actually revealing what's already here. And some of you, you need to make that confession today. Some of you, you need to go from head knowledge to heart knowledge. And you need to make a confession, a declaration today. I am a child of God. Would you bow your heads with me today? And if you're in this room and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, maybe you're far from God. You've drifted. 
Maybe, maybe you have head knowledge. Maybe you're one of the people that I talked about earlier where you've not been on a journey of transformation. You prayed a prayer. And you meant it, but your life doesn't look any different. I want you to make a decision today that I'm going to go on a transformation of life change. But for some of you, some of you, you need to make a decision to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. To make him your Lord and Savior. To believe in your heart that he is the only son of God who died on the cross to pay for your sins. And he, is, he rose from the dead and right now he's at the right hand of the Father. He's making intercession for us. He's, he's there fighting our battles. You need to make that decision today in your heart and confess it with your mouth. And if that's you, you're ready to go all in in a relationship with Jesus. On the count of three, I want you to slip up your hand today. Be bold, be courageous right now. One, two, three. I'm going all in today. Thank you. One, two, three, four, five, six. Who else would say that's me, Ben? Anybody else? Anybody else? Seven. Say, that's me. I'm, I'm going all in today. I'm surrendering my life to Jesus today. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Who else would boldly say, that's me? Amen. Amen. Hands down. Let's say this prayer together. Boldly say this. Say, Jesus, I believe you are my Savior. You are who you say you are. The Son of God. The Savior of the world. I confess it with my mouth. You are my Lord. I will serve you. I will live for you the best that I know how from this day forward. Will you be my Lord, my Savior, and my best friend? In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Come on, let's give God thanks today. Let's thank Him for salvation today.